Hey everyone, it's Jeannie, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Yep, I've been called all three. Well, I'm so glad you're here. In the All Things Health segment, I want to talk about a lesser-known ingredient called propylene glycol. It's found in a lot of foods and products. Can it really be harmful? And naturally, the FDA doesn't think so, so I'll dive into that. And then stay tuned for my second segment I call Mountain Adventures. Today I'm going to share a true story about some missing cattle and the cowboys that came to our rescue. It's a bit of a mystery. But first, I'd like to briefly mention a product I've come to love called Letalite. It's a multivitamin from a company called 3 International. And it's not just a multivitamin, though. It also has probiotics, digestive enzymes, fruits, greens, omega-3s, and 72 trace minerals. Everything you need to be healthy. And you can find this product on my website, genieolson.iii.earth. And make sure to check out the show notes to see how to get the wholesale prices. And Vitalite is also listed in the physician's desk reference, which is a big deal. And you can find that out at www.pdr.net. Okay, now about propylene glycol. Well, I was at the store looking for something to put in my water for flavor, you know, something with some natural flavor. And I was reading the label on a certain product, and it had three ingredients. And the first was water. Now, why would there be water if I'm going to add it to water? Second was natural flavors, but it didn't say from what. And then the third was propylene glycol. And I'm thinking, what in the world is that? And so I thought today I'd just dive into just what it is, and is it safe for us? Now, it goes by other names, too, such as trimethylglycol, methylethylglycol, dihydroxypropane, and propanediol. So it's a colorless, odorless, thick liquid like syrup, and it has a variety of uses, and one is a food additive. And according to ScienceDirect.com, it's also used as an automotive antifreeze, hydraulic fluid, industrial, and pharmaceutical solvent, meaning it's found in pharmaceutical drugs, and an ingredient in cosmetics. Ugh, I feel sick already. But let's talk about using it as a food additive first. Why is it used as a food additive? According to an article in Very Well Health titled, What is Propylene Glycol? And it was dated July 2, 2023, so it's pretty recent. It stated that propylene glycol is used as an anti-caking agent, so it helps to prevent lumps from forming in food. It's used as a solvent, like in a food flavor, helping to dissolve and mix ingredients in them. It's a dose strengthener. It's a way to improve flavors. It's a preservative. Because it's antimicrobial, it helps to kill or prevent the growth of microorganisms like bacteria and mold. It's also used as a food thickener and a method to help retain moisture in food. Now why is it a popular food additive? It's used in a lot of packaged goods because it lengthens the shelf life, because it's a preservative, flavor enhancer, emulsifier, and a processing aid to enhance the food's appearance, so that's so people will buy it. Now something seems wrong with that, you know, but hey, it's all about sales, And have you noticed yet that a lot of unhealthy ingredients are used in our foods? Well, here are some examples of packaged food that contains propylene glycol. 
You can find it in seasoning blends, dried soups, salad dressings, baking mixes like cake and muffins, powdered drink mixes, flavored teas, soft drinks, alcoholic beverages, food coloring, flavoring extracts, highly processed foods, cheese, fast food, which is what most of us love to eat, flavored popcorn, cake frosting, ice cream flavors, bulk baked desserts, marshmallows, dried coconut shreds, sauces, sour cream, potato salad, macaroni. Oh, and did I mention fast food? Anyway, where does propylene glycol come from? How's it made? Well, it's an alcohol that absorbs water and mixes completely with many solvents. And while it's still a liquid, it can become a vapor in the air when it's heated or shaken. And according to Britannica, there are three different grades. So you have the food grade, industrial grade, and technical grade. And each one has a different toxic level. And it can be created two different ways. One is treating propylene oxide, which is a chemical produced from refining petroleum with water. It can also be obtained from glycerol, which is a major byproduct of biodiesel production, and it's used in making hydraulic brake fluid and antifreeze. Now, food-grade propylene glycol has lower toxicity levels when it's used as a food additive, and it can also be used in plastics, skin care, artificial smoke and fog like for drama, plays, and paint. Paint? You know, you've heard the joke, what's wrong with your sister? Well, she ate paint as a kid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, moving on. Well, the bottom line is, even though propylene glycol is deemed safer and less toxic, it still is synthetic and it comes from petroleum. And in 2001, there was two American engineers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and they developed a process that converts corn-based chemicals to propylene glycol, which makes it cheaper to produce. However, it's still chemically made. It's not natural. Now, what health problems does propylene glycol cause? Well, in an article by WebMD titled, What to Know About Propylene Glycol in Foods, it states that it can worsen kidney and liver disease if you already have a problem, However, I believe that frequent exposure adds up, you know, together with other chemicals we're subjected to, and I think it can eventually cause you to have kidney and liver problems where you didn't have them before. It also says that high exposure can cause an increased risk to having a heart attack because if it's injected into your body in high amounts, you could experience like a rapid heart rate, heart rhythm problems, or even low blood pressure. And in another article titled uh, Propylene Glycol by Science Direct, it stated that it's been reported to produce mild skin irritation, and that's most likely coming from the cosmetics. Now this same article, which is very detailed and scientific, but it basically stated that if it comes in contact with soil, now I'm quoting the article, it said, propylene glycol can have a high mobility in soil and could leach into your groundwater. And then there's another problem with cats, with domestic cats. So semi-moist cat foods containing 3% to 13% propylene glycol can cause what's called Heinz body hemolytic anemia in cats, and especially in nursing cats and their kittens. And what it does is it can cause them problems with their liver and spleen and then can eventually kill them. 
So you don't want to get that, you know, into your cats. Now, a Very Well Health article that I mentioned earlier stated also that propylene glycol is a major ingredient in e-cigarettes. And I'm going to do another episode on just e-cigarettes and vaping, so watch for that. But for today, I'll just talk about propylene glycol and how it's associated with e-cigarettes. Or how it's used is, it's used to mimic smoke, and it's converted to extremely tiny droplets. And it functions as a carrier for nicotine and flavorings. So how would this harm your health? Well, it can cause lung damage and lung disease, and can produce cancer-causing compounds when heated up. So the bottom line on that is just stay away from the e-cigarettes. Okay, what does the U.S. government agency say about this product? Well, the World Health Organization says that the maximum acceptable amount is 25 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. But they say, not to worry, they say your liver and kidney will filter it out if you have normal functioning organs. Yeah, well, we're already inundated with other chemicals that our bodies have to take care of, so what's one more, right? According to the CDC, which is another one of my least favorite government agencies, They put out an article and they titled it Public Health Statement for Propylene Glycol. And in this article it stated that the FDA has classified propylene glycol if you're using it as a food additive as grass or generally recognized as safe. Of course they did. Now they do admit to skin irritation if exposed to propylene glycol. So my question is this. If independent studies have stated this and... They have stated that it can cause kidney, liver, lung, and heart issues in addition to cancer. So why hasn't the FDA or the CDC or the World Health Organization admitted it? Because they have access to these studies, or at least they should have. So to say they are generally recognized as safe brings me no comfort, because I don't believe that small amounts of any ingested chemicals into our body is healthy, ever. So my recommendation is to, as always, read your labels carefully, and if you see the ingredient, propylene glycol in it, then throw it into the trash or don't buy it. Now that's pretty simple to do, but it does take some diligence and a little extra time on your part. But, in the long run, you will have better health. Okay, I hope you found this segment helpful and insightful. And do me a favor and please share this with one person who you think might benefit from it. And remember to hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode. But now on to Mountain Adventures. Before I start my story, I'm really excited to share with you a website that I've come up with that has pictures of the Anbaro Ranch and different pictures around East Idaho that you can look at and see and purchase and it's the website is genieolson.smugmug.com and I'll have that in the show notes but you can scroll through look at the pictures and you can put them on photos wall art desk art uh, keepsakes like mugs coasters blankets puzzles and even mouse pads so it's a great Christmas idea and I just encourage you to, to give that a look and see what you think I'm excited about it Okay, on to my story. Why would our neighbor steal from us? Most would say it was a foolproof plan. We certainly didn't expect it, but we weren't looking for it either. 
Most cattle ranchers take care of each other, especially here in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho. It had been a long summer and fall for my husband Nick and I. In fact, we were blessed with what we call an Indian summer, where the weather stays nice longer than usual. We did get quite a few rainstorms that rolled through, but all in all, we were able to get everything taken care of before the long, cold winter ahead. Everything, that is, except for rounding up the cattle. This is the time of year when all the neighboring ranches round up their cattle that have been out to pasture and haul them to their winter feed grounds, where they keep them and feed them all winter. Because Nick and I live in the mountains, our cattle stays in the mountains. Now, most of the time when winter hits, our cows round themselves up and end up in the feed yard on their own. And, of course, because elk and moose tear our fences up from time to time, we always have a few cows that wander over to the neighbors, and we always have some of our neighbor's cows. We call them strays. This year, our neighbor informed us, well, he informed us and all of our neighbors that he would not be fixing any fences this year. Oh, really? You know, when you own range land in Idaho, by law, you have to keep your fences fixed. So this was a concern for us and certainly a red warning flag. Although we were disgusted with him, we were busy and didn't think too much of it. We just thought he was being lazy. Now, it's the rancher's responsibility to find the owner of the stray cows. Sometimes that involves getting the brand inspector to come out and and tell us who the cow belongs to. And when the rancher comes to get the cows, you help them. It's just what you do. Unless you have ulterior motives. Well, besides our cows, we have one lone horse now, and her name is Mystery. We call her that because someone left her to die in the back end of our property when she was a colt, and Nick found her pawing and digging in the snow to find feed. She was definitely wild. But with a lot of coaxing, our son Jason and Nick led her into our feed yard with our cows, and that is where she has been ever since. She thinks she's a cow. She thinks she is queen, and she's right. We hadn't realized that she had gotten in with the neighbor's cows until they told us that they had her. So we had to get her out, and in doing so, we realized that several of our cows, a calf with no tag in her ear or brand, and a yearling had also wandered over to the neighbors. No big deal, really. Just go get them. But it wasn't that easy. Mystery liked it there. There was a beautiful pond, and she had found a new herd to boss around. Who wouldn't want to stay there? This is where the cow hunting caper began, and it went on for weeks. Nick's brother Rod had come to help with his side-beside and Nick on the four-wheeler. The neighbor had been feeding his cows at his summer corral every day. He was trying to get them all together so they could be hauled out in semis. Unfortunately, it kept raining and so the trucks couldn't get to the corrals until the muddy roads dried. So every day, Nick and Rod would ride three miles to the corral and look for the horse and cattle. And it was the fourth trip over to the corral when they finally found Mystery. She was standing in the corral, but the gate was open. Luckily, Nick was able to close the gate and lock her in. They went back to our ranch and got the horse trailer and brought it back to the corral. Now, Mystery had never set foot in a horse trailer. This was going to be a rodeo for sure. But Mystery also understands this when we talk to her. So with Nick gently talking to her and a lot of patience and just being quiet, she went up to the horse trailer, put one foot in and pawed a little and of course got scared and nervous and backed way up. But then she must have thought that if she went inside, 
she could escape out the other end. So in she went, and the door was shut behind her, and she got a free ride all the way home. But the cows were still missing. After several more days of riding over to the corral, they finally met up with the neighbor. He was in the process of hauling his cows out. He had told Nick he would call them when he was going to do that, but he never did. And of course, our cattle weren't there. For the next several days, Nick and Rod rode miles and miles looking for them. The terrain was rugged and rough and steep, with lots of pine trees and aspen trees, a great hiding place for animals. Eventually, they were able to get the two cows, one of the calves, and the yearling home. However, the calf with no tag and no brand was missing. They figured it belonged to one of the cows, but how could they be sure? And it was rather odd that it was missing. Because this cow didn't have a calf, Nick decided to lock her in the corral for a few days, and sure enough, her bag filled up with milk. So she had a calf somewhere. What disturbed us was the neighbor wasn't being helpful at all. Nick called him several more times, trying to see if he had the calf in his herd, and he wouldn't respond. So, being the old rancher Nick is, he wasn't going to let this go. He called the neighbor one more time, and this time he answered. Nick told him he was bringing our cow down out of the hills and was going to put him into the neighbor's herd. Nick told him, I don't know which calf is hers and neither do you, but the cow knows. I'm not sure the neighbor believed him, but Nick was right. Nick spent several days just sitting in his pickup in the middle of the neighbor's herd, watching our cow, and sure enough, the mama bellered, and here came her calf. Remember how I said it was a calf with no ear tag and no brand? Well, this neighbor had put his tag in this little calf's ear. Why? Because he didn't think the cow would find her calf, and he didn't want Nick to find the calf either. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why would he do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Cattle prices are up right now, finally, and that little calf is worth about $1,000, and it's called cattle rustling, and only thieves do it because they can't think of any other way to make money on their own. They would rather steal and reap the benefits of someone else's hard work. You know, back in the 1800s, if you caught someone stealing your cattle, you hung them from a tree yourself. Not a bad idea, really. But today, there are laws to follow. Dang it. <laughs> well, once the neighbor found out that Nick's plan worked, he went silent and couldn't be found. He went AWOL. Well, normally, you don't just go into someone else's herd without their permission. But Nick knew he needed to get the calf home. After several attempts of trying to corral the cow and calf, Nick knew he needed some cowboys to come rope them. So a phone call was made, and the cowboys were found. Not just any cowboys. A preacher cowboy named Justin and two of his friends, Tyler and Brian. True cowboys. Cowboys in their hearts, clean out to their cowboy hats, sunglasses, handkerchiefs, Wrangler jeans, leather chaps, a cross on the side of Justin's chaps, way cool, and a cowboy's not complete without cowboy boots and spurs. Well, the plan was set after church. That's cowboy church where the preacher wears a cowboy hat, wranglers, and you just come as you are. It's just good old Bible teaching. Well, we saw Justin's horse trailer when we pulled into the parking lot, and in his own words, he said, Let's go rustle back some cows that's been rustled. Dang right. 
So after church, we met at the neighbor's feed yard. Two horse trailers, the cowboys, Nick, Rod, and myself. It was a clear, beautiful day, but cold. The temperature was only about 19 degrees above zero, but this didn't stop the cowboys. Leather saddles and horse blankets were already on the horses as they led them out of the horse trailers. The cinches on the saddles were tightened. A long rope with a special loop on one end was wound in a circle. It's called a lariat, and it hung on the saddle for easy access. The roping gloves were put on, hats tightly secured. This was serious business, and I knew these cowboys wouldn't disappoint. It wasn't ideal conditions for the horses with their steel horseshoes. The ground was partially frozen with ice, snow, and mud. A cowboy could get seriously hurt if one wrong turn was made. The first plan of action was for Nick and I to drive out into the herd with the pickup and find the cow and calf. Once we found them, the cowboys came and Rod was on foot. And, immediately, the cow started running hard, about a hundred of them, to the other end of the sixty-acre pasture. The cowboys took off on a gallop with them, mud slinging everywhere. But it didn't take them long to cut half of the herd off and get the other half into the corrals, along with our cow and calf. And then panels were set up and the sorting began. What was my job? Hold two of the horses, and their names were Jethro and Shrek well-broke, gentle horses who knew how to work hard. At first, Shrek didn't know what to think of me, but after only a few minutes, we made friends, and then he just wanted to rub noses, I swear. Um, I love you, Shrek, but I think I'll pass. Well, the sorting went well with five men in the corral. I couldn't see everything that was going on, but I did hear a huge crash and heard someone yell, The bull just jumped over a five-foot panel. Hard to believe a 1,500-pound bull could even jump, but apparently he did. He didn't like what was going on, I guess. Well, once our cow and calf were in the corral by themselves, the horses were put back in the horse trailer, and then we waited for Nick to bring his horse trailer to the corral. It was at the other end of the pasture. So I was just standing there trying to keep warm, minding my own business, when I heard it. What? I immediately thought back to when Nick and I were first married, and we had rented a house on a pig farm. And then I heard it again. Oh, I must be cold. I'm losing it. And and then it was again. And then I turned around, and right behind me was the biggest pig I have ever seen. He weighed about 220 pounds, and he hadn't missed a meal in days. He was white with black spots, and you could barely see his eyes. I tried to get him to look at me so I could take a picture, but he was busy, you know, looking for more food, (laughs) like he needed any more. And then he went on his way and left me alone. Well, Nick finally made it back with the horse trailer and the cow and our calf were loaded. There was only one thing left to do. Cowboy Brian and Tyler climbed into the horse trailer with the cow and calf, and after a bit of running around and a hard kick on the side of the trailer from the cow... They cornered the calf, and with a quick swipe of a knife, the tag was cut off. The cattle rustling was over. We had our mama cow and her calf safely home. Are we watching our neighbors now? We sure are. But hey, there's never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Okay, remember this. When you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Get to know him. I promise you won't be disappointed. See you next time.